Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Kyla and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you can be here to join us. Before we get in the word, Layla, can you please open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, and we humbly come before your throne, Lord, and ask that you continue to reveal yourself to us, Lord, and we invite you into our midst, Lord, to continue to teach us and help us grow in you, Lord, and I just thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord, and for covering the listeners and all your children, Lord, with your grace, Lord, and keeping them in the world, Lord, not making us of them, but just making us safe, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we are continuing our study of Daniel in chapter 2. And for anyone that's just tuning in, if you haven't heard the, the previous I'll say morning Bible studies on this on the book of Daniel. Go listen to them. But in this, we just heard from Daniel how he received the inter- the dream and the interpretation of the dream from the Lord. He has notified the king, and now we are going to read or hear the revelation of the dream and its interpretation. So, can I get a volunteer to read? From verse 31 through 45, please. I will. All right, Charles. And it says, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a image. A a, great image. A great image, Mm -hmm. sorry. That's okay. This excellent image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And when and wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand, and he has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. Then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and scatters everything, and like shatters everything. Mm -hmm. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Where she saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Yet the strength of the iron shall be mixed in it. Just as you saw the iron mixed in with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, 
They will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall be not shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and his interpretation is sure. Well, amen. Amen. So, as we discuss this, um, I almost want to say let's put some some parameters on this, right? Because yes, this is a dream, and as you look at it, it deals with the current situation and with Daniel. And as you read the word, it deal. There are a lot of messages that the Lord is is instructing them at that time, and us in this time, and for the end of times, right? However, and if you really study that out, it would take a long time, and we could be weeks just going through all that information, eschatology and dispensation of times, all, right? all these different aspects that, that many do study, and I'm not... and. Not that we don't study them out, but I don't. I don't feel led now in this moment to to go through all of that. Right? What we are going to focus on is the Lord, His nature, His character, and what He is teaching us, even through this prophecy. Does that make sense? Yes. So, with that. And it's not that we won't ever get to that and, and ever cover that, right? I just want to, uh, I'll say caveat what I just said with that, right? But in this moment, at this time, uh, I don't feel led to go into all those those details, right? So as we discuss this, let's again, let's just focus on what the Lord is, is speaking to us and wants to teach us about himself, his nature, and his character, right? Who he is. So that we can have a, a more perfect relationship with him, a, a more, uh, I'll say, a better understanding of who he is, and his expectations of us. Okay. Okay, okay, Andy. Start it with you guys. What does the Holy Spirit reveal to you, or what questions do you have? My first question is related to scripture and where it is in the Bible. I don't know where it is per se, but the Lord was just showing me that where I was talking about the last kingdom, that one that was made partly of iron, partly of clay. He was showing me that it's also prophetic, but it's also showing that inside of it, like with the gold, I was start at the gold where it said it was the silver one was slightly inferior to the golden one but it still broke it down and it was still better the lord was shown to me that it was that the lord's power that was working through them that enabled it to do that because looking at it naturally you'd say that's never possible but it was the lord saying that i have no clue where this is in the bible i think it's in the new testament what it's talking about and our weakness the lord 
uh, strengthens us. That's a paraphrased version. Okay. And how the Lord was saying that it was through his strength that that was happening. It wasn't because of their own natural abilities or skills. So so just to make sure I and, and everyone that's listening understand you, not just with the last kingdom, but each of these kingdoms, right? Yes. There is an inferior, or I'll say an inferior metal or an inferior substance. However, each, and as you go down the list, it continues right there. Yes. They're less valued, less great in in the sense of not just riches and value and all those things, but even strength, right? We consider it a lesser metal, right? Bronze is definitely a letter, lesser metal than gold, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, right? Yes. But so gold what you're is saying, certainly not as strong as iron. Yes. It's a softer metal. Like in its pure form, it's softer. Correct, depending yeah. on a right, number of factors, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yet each one, well, but even when you get to clay, mixed with iron, right? There's the, I'll say the value mm-hmm. or and or quality of these items is less than the first. Mm-hmm. But yet each one is able to overcome the what's perceived as the being the more valuable, the greater thing. So you're saying that, so as I understand what you're saying, the only way that's able to happen and be accomplished is because the Lord has given it authority and permission to do so. Yes. And okay. I, like with Jesus, when he was talking about how the Lord gave everybody power in order to, when he was talking to Pontius Pilate, saying that Pontius Pilate was talking to Jesus, saying that he could have him beaten and released, and how the, Jesus was saying that only by the power of of the father could he do that and make it possible and that's reminding me that even though you i wouldn't say naturally walking in the lord and demonstrating that out the lord still gives you natural abilities and gives you talents it's up to you what you do to it do you do it use it to glorify the lord for your own personal gains and Okay, I'm, I'm tracking with you now, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, right? Yes. He gives you something and he doesn't come and take it back. He, does, he gives everyone a chance to see what you're going to do with what he gave you. Are you going to serve him and honor him and worship him? Or are you going to twist it and use it for selfish gain or ungodly purposes? Is that what you're saying, sweetheart? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. He, his gifts and callings are without repentance. Um, in, in modern times, we might see it in the form of um, somebody who has a singing gift that God gave to them to be expressed in worship towards the Lord. But then they take it to use it for other um, like secular means or things of that nature and begin to fall away from the Lord. So I, I get that, and not, nothing against singers, and you know the gift is God gave it to them, and it's to Him to monitor their actions, and they will stand before Him, just like each of us will. If you're a musician, mm-hmm. if you're an artist, if you're a an engineer or a doctor, are you worshiping God with whatever He asked, gave you, or are you doing something different with it? So I understand that, sweetheart. Um, I think when we looked at, <clears throat> let's see, when Daniel after he got the in the night vision. Had the secrets revealed to him, that's what he said in verse 21. He removes kings and raises up kings. Mm-hmm. So 
we do serve the God of all creation who is mighty indeed. And while he allows us to have an opportunity to choose, he has not relinquished who he is to our choices. Does that make sense? He's still God. Absolutely. Yes. He's still God. And you're right when Jesus said you couldn't have the power to do anything unless my father in heaven had first given it to you. So he also understood his, his place and that he was not being subject to the people who were hurting him, but he was subjecting himself to the father in heaven who asked mm-hmm. him to walk this route. So he laid down his life versus someone taking it. And he described that as well. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down. Mm-hmm. And why was he willing or able to do that? Because he knew the greater joy that he would have once he completed the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. He knew that he'd be able to save everybody and it was better to him that he do that than to save his own natural skin. Mm-hmm. But it was also revealed to him. Right? Why do you think he could say, even from the beginning, and we'll, we'll look at John, where he's talking to his mother, Mary, and he says, it's not my time yet. The book of John. The book of John, okay. yes, yes. Okay. The book of John where he says, Woman, it's not my time yet. Jesus, when he was at the wedding of Cana, she was exactly. asking. They needed some more wine, and she told the servants to do whatever he tells you. Yes. That, that's so the case. So his plan, his purpose, what he was supposed to do had already been revealed, right? Which is exactly what it says in Amos. Surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. And it wasn't just in Amos that he said this, right? We can look at even what he said in Genesis eighteen seventeen. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do or I am about to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And, and the why? Because he's going to teach his children about me. Mm-hmm. They're going to know, as in Abraham's sons and, and his offspring and, and all the heirs, generation after generation, will have been taught the Lord, though his nature, his character, who he is, and what he is doing. Does that make sense? Yes. So you see that also played out or come to pass here. Because as we started, and and like I said, we're not going to get into it in super detail, right? There, this prophecy that Daniel gave does talk about what's happening at at that time, clearly. He addresses uh, Nebuchadnezzar directly and says that you are a king of kings, he also gives the why. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom of power, strength, and glory. So it applied to them directly in that day. And I will tell you that it applies to us today. And it also will apply at the end of times. Right? Now, like I said, we're not going to get into all those details. But we should know. It's the same for us. We should know the Lord, his nature, his character, what he's doing. He's giving us an overview of the plan. And what will happen? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And there's a grace of God. Um, you know, his grace shows up in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. We, we looked at yesterday how he described himself. When Moses said, show me your glory, Lord. If I found favor in your sight, show me your glory. And then God put him in the cleft of the rock and covered him with his hands and declared himself as he went by. And then he uncovered Moses and let him see the backside of him. But what did he say about himself? He's gracious and merciful, abounding in goodness and Mm -hmm. truth. 
So, um, in Jeremiah 27, verse 6, Jeremiah, speaking by the Spirit of the Lord, says, And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and the beasts of the field I have also given him to serve him. So God, this is how he does things. He gives us the opportunity. He tells us beforehand things that are coming, so that way we have an opportunity to actually make a choice, right? Yes. But he, and he also confirms his word. So the dream mm-hmm. that he gave to Nebuchadnezzar, that's how we know it's coming from the Lord in, in one case, one point that we can use to correlate that the, that's coming from God is that he's already said it through another prophet. He's already established and confirming the word again. Does that make sense? Yes. And then he's starting that lovely process of drawing Nebuchadnezzar to himself. Mm-hmm giving him the opportunity to acknowledge God and recognize him. Because although he's outside of the children of Israel, the consequences are the same for everyone who denies God. They just are. There's not a separate standard for one versus the other. Now, God may have more grace and patience because he has of yet to describe it and articulate it to them like they don't have the Torah. You know, oh, yes. however, if we go back to Genesis, these people have a knowledge of God. Yes. These are Abraham's kinfolk. Yes. When he called Abraham's father initially to come out of Chaldea, somehow his father recognized God enough to follow him. But then he only went part way and he stopped. When he called Abraham out of Haran, where they stopped and his dad stopped and parked. When he called him, somehow Abraham knew who he was to get up and follow him. Yes. When you look at Jacob and Laban, God, when Laban was chasing Jacob down, because he had finally gotten tired of the the schemes and the changing metric and he took his, his wives and his children that were born, and he took his flocks that he had, the Lord had changed over into his hands. What happened? God stopped Laban when he went to camp and gave him a dream. And he said, be careful what you say to him. And, and Laban recognizes you're God. So they know who he is, but then yet there's still a denial of his power. And denial of his righteous and rightful place. He is God, most high. Acknowledge and worship him and serve him only. That's the same call God has for every human being coming through this earth. Mm-hmm. Whatever point you came in from beginning to the end, he desires that all come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of him. Right? Yes. So these are all Chaldeans. These are all the same people. They all know him without having been given the law and the Torah, the law of Moses. Right? And even yes. Paul in Romans says that his nature, his, he's been revealed to us by nature itself. So everyone is without excuse of knowing who God is. And there's always a drawing for us to come and follow what happens is that others place other, um, you know, they raise up their own idols. They refuse. They go part way. 
like, I'll worship you too, but I'm going to have, you know, I'll put out 10 other gods with you. I actually saw someone do that. Like it shocked me in, in person, but they were in a very difficult situation, which is, it was heart wrenching and I won't go into it because of, because of their privacy, but literally they said with their mouth that they were believing God, but literally, literally had statues of other gods and everything else. Any gods you could think of. It was almost like there was a scene from this movie called The Mummy. And there was a little man oh. in the tomb and he had on a bunch of different necklaces and he kept holding them up. The mummy was coming to get him and he kept holding mm-hmm. him up and speaking the language or the, like whatever, thinking one of these gods is going to work. And he kept pulling him up and then finally he got to the star of David and he spoke Hebrew and he was like, ah, you know, cause it was an Egyptian mummy, but this person was really literally doing that. And I, I couldn't believe it with their mouth. They said, I'm believing God, but in their secret thing, they're worshiping. I mean, they had like maybe 10 other little statues, little statues that they were praying to hoping that one of these would do the trick which is what we also saw in Nebuchadnezzar when the dream first arrived. Come here, bring your, come here, um, astrologer, come here, magician, come here, Chaldean, come in, show me what you got. One of these is going to have the answer, but he never looked up to the most high God. Are you relying in your own strength? Are you relying in the word of other people? Are you relying in psychics and soothsayers and witches? Are you doing that? Are you putting your hope and trust in anything else other than the true and living God? And I'm not sure that the, the person fully understood the weight of his actions and that it would, you cannot have faith in God and be believing mm-hmm. and going, well, let me see which one of these works. You have canceled out whatever it is that you hoped for. The first commandment, or the first introduction with the Lord to the children of Israel is, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. Now we know his one is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but he is one God. He's, he's not the same as Allah. He's not the same as Buddha or Shuddha or Kuda or anybody else. I don't know the names, all the, all the deities that are around. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't they're matter. Non-existent. They're inferior. They're nothing. They're exactly. literally nothing. They're images made by hands. They may have been a person at one time, but they were just a person. They're not Messiah. They're not God. They're not exactly. the same. And I think that's the biggest thing out of here, if you will. In this dream, mm-hmm. it begins with what? Describing an image. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you can look at Scripture all throughout the entirety of the Word. And as you pointed out, right? Don't make for yourselves any image. Mm-hmm. Don't bow down to it. Don't don't uh, don't bow down to the gods. Don't serve them. Don't do any of these these things. Right? The Lord says that repeatedly. I brought I the Lord your God brought you out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Don't make any image. Right? And, and as we look, all these different, I'll say elements. Mm-hmm. They're typically things that idols, images, whatever. Right? Are made out of. Are made out of. Mm-hmm. But then, that's, that's exactly what he addresses here, right? Is there's an image that, that take craftsmen. I, I just had a scripture and I lost it. Um, Leviticus twenty six one. You must not make idols for yourselves or set up a carved image or sacred pillar. You must not make a sculpted stone 
in your hand to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. Everything in here, in this this set of scriptures and prophecy, are all stuff that it takes a craftsman to to make, to establish, with the exception of verse 34. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which mm-hmm. struck the image on his feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Mm-hmm. The So I'll say it in this way. What is being described there, if you will, as I look at this and as the Holy Spirit ministers to me, is dealing with idols in your lives. And it's not in our lives. All Each and every one of us has to deal with these idols. In this case, it was also talking about empires and, and all those things, right? But what happens? They get built up to be the thing that is worshipped. Mm-hmm. We still talk about some of the empires that are overlaid on top of this prophecy today, whether it's Babylon, uh, Medo-Persia, Rome, right? Revised Rome, right? All the things that the people that have Greece. studied this, right? Greece, yeah. exactly, all that. Have studied, they still talk about these empires and hold them in, in reverence and, and respect. High esteem. Exactly, high esteem today. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, they accomplished a lot. And, and I understand that, right? But the greater thing is that the Lord allowed it to happen. And the Lord dealing with it, if you will, right, this this stone cut without hands. <clears throat> you can look at other scripture, if you will, is describing the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Built on the, oh, see, excuse me. Isaiah 28, 16. This is what the Lord God says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, the one who believes in it will never be shaken. Mm-hmm. Well, this the stone that he, that Daniel and the king saw came in and smashed the other ones. <laughs> Jesus even talks about um, when he's in his natural ministry on the earth, he talks about the temple that was made, and he exactly. says the temple that's made without hands, referring to himself being raised from the dead um, by the power of God. And if you study out, even in the Old Testament, right? All the altars that were to be made for the Lord were supposed to be made, what? With uncut stone. Raw, in their raw form. That is clearly a, a sign, a type, a shadow of the Lord, of his, who he is, of his foundation. Mm-hmm. Also the chief cornerstone, right? That's that's how he's described. I'm trying to find that scripture. Or do you have it? No, that's okay. I'm, I'm just thinking, we, we read yesterday about, um, oh goodness, what are we talking about? Uh, that God, there was nobody that preceded him. There was nobody, mm-hmm. no other God that came before him and that came after him. So nobody came and made him. He is God because he is. So the the significance of without hands means because he said so, <laughs> because he's God. Exactly. You know, he's not looking for an, a natural man's pattern and process. Um, he doesn't need us to be who he is. And we certainly need him to be who we are. I'm sorry. What were you no, asking no, about, honey? Yeah, you were good. I think I covered it, but I'll also read Luke twenty seventeen. Okay. Jesus looked directly at them and said, um, "What then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Everything else in here, there is some semblance of value to in this idol that is being described. But then you have on the outside, 
the thing that actually breaks it all down and smashes it, is this stone, this uncut stone. And it takes out the entire structure, the entire image. Hmm. This really reminds me of how God came to Pharaoh. Absolutely. Um, when he was bringing Israel out of slavery and bondage. Um, it, and then also looking back at the Pharaoh that was in line when Joseph came up, God gave him a dream, right? And the dream was an opportunity, you know, God telling what's going to come. It's an opportunity for you to come into alignment and bow down to Jesus, if you will, or to be stubborn and obstinate and resist him. And that Pharaoh that was um, Joseph's, during Joseph's time, he acknowledged God and he was like, hey, I'm going to take this wisdom and reverenced him and you see how he treated both Joseph and his family when they came. But then the, the Pharaoh that came later, it, it specifically remarks that he didn't know mm-hmm. Joseph. So he didn't understand and respect the God of Joseph, even though he had been introduced. Because God doesn't um, do things in a way that holds you. He gives you information first is, is really what I'm trying to say. He gives us natural things like you can't see the birds flying and the, the trees and all that and not know that there is a God. Even in, uh, was it Romans, they go, they were worshiping the unknown God. Exactly. Still acknowledging there's somebody else out here. We haven't, we can't figure you out, but you're there. So there's a knowledge, an inherent knowledge of God in us. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm so <laughs> sorry. So we'll, we'll just build on it, right? So. We all already know, it's inherent, as you were saying, in us, that we know God exists. And as we press in or draw near to him, he reveals more of himself, mm. who he is. And then there's also, as we look at this, it's not just for the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. Everyone, whether it's Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, or any of these other empires, kingdoms, that were considered part of this, this statue, this image, <clears throat> this great and excellent image, it says, are all required to come to the same knowledge of the Lord, who he is, his place, his role, his nature, his character. Because if if they didn't, it was what they had built up would then be torn down. Right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the same for everyone. And all talking about, as we pointed out, the stone, referring to God. Referring to Jesus as well, right? Because it says, how does he end this prophecy in verses 44 and 45? In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdoms shall not be left to other people. Or the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Oh, and I remember what I was going to say. God okay. always gives us an opportunity to turn around. Absolutely. He doesn't just come in and, shoot, you know, goodbye, you're gone. Everybody gets a chance. Yes. Everybody. It's and, his character. And this is the Lord beginning to deal with Nebuchadnezzar about idolatry as well. Mm-hmm. And as we go into later chapters, right, this clearly was an issue in his life. And it's something that uh, he went from, this is a dream about an image, to creating an image of himself. Mm-hmm. So, the Lord knows, and 
gives us the, the overarching plan of what he's doing, but he also gives us warning mm-hmm. in our own life so we can deal with and address mm-hmm. some areas that don't reflect Christ in our life before they become bigger issues. Mm-hmm. He meant it when he said, I wish that none would perish, but that all would come into repentance. He meant that. Exactly. He meant that. Okay. Um, you want to finish up the chapter today, honey? Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Okay. Because, and, and, all right, can we just get someone to uh, volunteer to read from 46 to 49, please? I will. And it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrated before Daniel, and commanded that they should burn, that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal the secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Also, Daniel petitioned the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Hmm. So what was the result? What was the result of David, or Daniel, excuse me. I don't know why I've done that here lately <laughs> the past few days. What was the result of Daniel speaking and sharing what the Lord had told him to speak? It caught. Go, Go ahead. ahead. His companions were blessed as well. Well, first, the first thing that's mentioned, right? Because this, this was done, you could also look at this as a word of rebuke, not just a prophecy, right? As we just were just discussing, there is a warning in there, right? Something about Nebuchadnezzar's character or, or an aspect of his life that needed to be brought back into alignment under the Lord was addressed. The first thing is mentioned, the result. Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face prostrate and is now acknowledging the Lord. That's what it's all about. That's, that's the greatest thing as I read this. Yes, it's great that Daniel and his friends were promoted, not right, but the greatest thing is that Someone, in this case the king, was now brought into the acknowledgement and 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 essentially a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just considering himself as being God or sitting atop a throne. He understood his place was underneath the Lord. That that is the greatest thing. There is in there you can see repentance. Right? Is that not a similar um, response to what happened with Moses? The Lord does what? As we read in Exodus 34, he, the Lord describes himself, his nature, his character, and then what's Moses' response? It's in Exodus 34, verse 8 or 9. Bow down and worship the Lord. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Clearly, there was an experience, an encounter, if you will, with the Lord in this. Whether the Lord appeared himself or whether it was just done through Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar knew who the Lord was in that moment. Mm -hmm. As we have said, 
diffusing the fragrance and the aroma of the Lord mm-hmm. in the earth. I love you. Mm-hmm. So also, it shows God's magnificence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like, man, God, those people are so hard-hearted. How can you ever reach them? Or they're so important, so far away. Who can talk to them? But when God said, the, as we read through um, David's writing, the heart of the king is in the Lord's it's hand. The, yes, is a stream in the Lord's hand. Absolutely, and that it, it is God who is, he is God over all. And he knows how to deal with any and everybody because they are the created thing. They're not the creator. We have one creator who is God most high. So even as you're looking out, maybe over the leadership in, in your nation or the leadership in you know, your workplace, know that your God is God over all, and he knows how to reach every single person, every single one of them, and he will get his goal accomplished. So if he's spoken a word concerning something, don't give up because they look hard-faced or, or difficult in any capacity. Believe in the Lord your God. Trust him. Mm-hmm. He is God all by himself, and he is still the, the king. Um, he is the king. And you notice when Daniel, in the previous section, said you are a king of kings. Mm-hmm. We serve the king of kings. He's the only one. The only one. Like you might whose, have a couple of kingdoms. The kingdom will not you. fail or pass away. That's right. He is almighty God, and he's already declared the end from the beginning. So... Keep your faith and your hope and your trust in him. Absolutely. Because then let's also look at the wisdom of the Lord in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, he promotes, Daniel is promoted. Also had Daniel petition the king to have his friends, his companions, mm-hmm. in, installed over the province. So now there are God-fearing, God-believing mm-hmm. individuals set as the head over the, as heads of this state, of this empire, or at least one of the provinces. But it is the main province. It is the one that all the other provinces in the empire look to because that's where the king resides. Mm-hmm. So what do you think they're going to do? They're going to model themselves after this province. Mm-hmm. So now they're in a place of inf- not just importance, but of influence. They can impact not just the community where they find themselves, but the entirety of the empire for the Lord. Amen. Being led by the Lord. That fast. That fast the Lord had this done. So it's not just for one person, not just for the king, but now it's for everyone in the empire. Mm -hmm. They all have that opportunity to learn, to know, and I'll say the biggest thing, to know God. Actually know him personally, individually. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Was this a spur of the moment plan from the Lord? No. no. Was this no. like, oh, oh, here's an opportunity. Let me jump in there and get something done. No. Nope. It was all orchestrated, planned, and predestined by the Lord. Because mm-hmm. before they even came into the place, um, I think the scripture that we looked at in um, Jeremiah chapter 27, he said, the king of Babylon is my servant. Going, I got this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Before yes. they even knew what was going on, the plan and path had already been carved out. So keep your, keep your hope and your perspective in the vast greatness of our God. 
Absolutely. He didn't just say, oh, 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 she's here. Okay, wait, let me figure something out. You know, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit get in a huddle real quick and go, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's how we can okay, do it. Yeah, no. we know what's going to be. <laughs> no. Before the world was formed, he predestined every single one of us and made p- plans and pathways for us to walk in. But you have to walk in them. You have to apply the Lord and what he is teaching you, showing you, pouring into and placed on the inside of you, which ultimately is him mm-hmm. and his Holy Spirit. If you allow that to, ha- to rule, and by that I mean him and his Holy Spirit to rule and reign in your life, mm-hmm. allow that to happen and move forward in what he's given you to do. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it for you. And if Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of mm-hmm. the world, so before the world was formed, he was already crucified in the mind of God, right? And including yes. himself and the Holy Spirit, it was already done. Then can't you gather and gain that you have been predestined with equal <laughs> um, articulation and detail? Because mm-hmm. God is not someone different. Yes, we know Jesus is the most important element. God is the most important element and aspect of all creation, but he is who he is. And when he said predestined, he meant predestined. He means that. And so trust him and apply and step into and rely upon the destiny track that he's already provided for you and listen out so you can follow. Absolutely. Anyone else have anything else they want to add? No. No. I I have a question. Okay. Okay. Why does it say that Nebuchadnezzar commanded uh, whoever he commanded should present an offering and of incense to Daniel? Um, Which verse yet? An offering. 46. He said he was going to give them stuff. Yes. Beforehand, so it doesn't mean he burned incense to Daniel. Um, but those were like precious goods. Right. In that he was time. being rewarded for mm-hmm. what he had done, as in for revealing the thing. The dream and the interpreting the dream to the king. Yes. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 6. However, if you tell me the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. So those, remember when they came to Jesus, what did they bring? The, the wise men and myrrh. They, they, money? Those are... Right. They used to burn incense. Those are valuable items to them. Absolutely. They're just items of value, purely. I mean, and that's for the time period... The, the oils that you can put in your skin, things that you can have fragrance from, they were precious. Not common. Mm-hmm. So he was presenting not common things, things just, of, <laughs> of importance or significance in that time period and value and all those things mm-hmm. to him because of, or to Daniel in this case, for what the Lord accomplished through him. And just because it doesn't matter to you, sweetheart, you're like, why? Who cares? <laughs> I see the look on your face. You're 15 living in 2021, so it's not that big of a deal to you. But there will be like, I brought you perfume and a pretty dress or, you know, something that you find of value. Does that make sense? Okay. That's all it is. It's just items, gifts. It's just gifts for him. And incense was something of particular value. Mm -hmm. And then he got, you see that he also got promoted and all of those, just what the king said that he would do. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a good trait, right? You see the king upholding his word. Here, right? He said he would do that for the person that could 
uh, or bestow those gifts to honor to that person that couldn't tell and interpret the dream. And then you see him fulfilling that here. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure Daniel wouldn't have stayed there while he's burning incense to him because he probably would have fallen on his face and said, no, there's only one God. Exactly, because right? he did not want to be defiled, right? You see that from the beginning with Daniel and his companions. Sure. And he made sure to honor him and say, nope, I didn't give you this. There's one God who knows, and it has nothing to do with me. So I don't imagine him standing there while Nebuchadnezzar's, you know, making an offering to Daniel, literally, like he's some kind of false god. So he just presented it to him. He gave it to him. Some Probably some money and some incense, similar customarily to what was taken to Jesus mm-hmm. at his birth, even though it was some great time later. All right, well, let's pause there for today. Can I get someone to close us out in prayer? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that you're the true and living God, and there's no other one before you, God. You're the only one, God. Um, We just magnify you and lift you up, God. We exalt you to your place before our eyes, God. We ask that you keep our listeners, God, and you show yourself strong on their behalf, and you keep them in, in your ways, God, and as they go about doing what it is you commanded them to do, God. We ask all these things and thank you for them. In your name with Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.